Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. We're joined now via our celebrity line by the voice of the blues right here on the Blues Radio Network, 101 ESPN, Chris Kerber. How are you, Kerbs? Anthony, I am doing well. How are you? Uh, doing great. You guys got your big trip coming up, right? Yeah, we got a big trip. Looking forward to a nice uh, family trip. Uh, good. Celebrate everybody and have a good time, and uh, yeah, l- looking forward to a little break. Excellent. Hey, we haven't had a chance to talk to you since the Vegas Golden Knights rewarded their long-suffering fans with a Stanley <laughs> Cup. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway? You know, uh, listen, I got to tell you something. This, this is an interesting one for me. Like it when when Vegas Golden Knights and, and the Seattle Kraken came into the league. And the Vegas Golden Knights paid six hundred million, and 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 Seattle what paid seven hundred fifty million, whatever it was, just to get into the league. Every single team in the league benefited tremendously because that money basically just gets split up evenly amongst the teams, and teams get cut checks, right? Well, to to do that, Gary Bettman felt, and and I think it's a great discussion in sports. Gary Bettman felt that if you're paying that much money to come into the league, you should be able to be competitive sooner than later. Right. And then on top of that, the other thing is, is if you think about it from a pure marketing standpoint, the last thing you want to do is really end up doing what happened in Nashville and Columbus. And it didn't work clearly in Atlanta. Right. And, and, and it worked OK in Minnesota. But Minnesota went to the conference finals in their third year is you, you don't want to have a team that's that's not competitive and the product's not very good. So they changed the drafting rules that allowed these guys to pick some teams. Well, when you consider the fact that six years later. There's only four players that were left from that team that are still with Vegas. They've turned that whole roster over. They stayed extremely aggressive. They have been absolutely cold-hearted in, in their approach, whether it be you know, letting guys that were favorites go. Uh, they've Obviously, they're on their third coach. They've said this is the way it's going to go, and, and they've gone for it heavy since day one. And so i got to be honest with you, uh, you know, yeah, it, aside from the fact that their long-suffering fans had to deal with it, <laughs> I, 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 I do – it's actually, I think, a better story than maybe some people give credit for because they, they, they took advantage of the situation. They did it right, and and, and they, they scrapped and clawed and earned it. So I've, I've got actually – I wonder how much the Vegas approach over the last six years will change the approach of some longtime franchises. Yeah, Curves, you know, I've been looking at this Vegas team, and – you always want to analyze, you know, what the winning team does correctly from a roster construction standpoint to a staffing standpoint and all the way right to the top of it to where uh, it's the finances, their cap management. And when I look at the Vegas Golden Knights, they have two guys that are superstars, right? That they're We'll call them superstars making that money. Like they got Stone and Eichel in the forward position at ten million and nine point five respectively, and on defense, of course, they've got Alex Petrangelo at eight point eight, and an Alec Martinez at five point two, and Theodore at five point two. After that, they kind of fill the roster 
with pieces that support those guys. You're not seeing a ton of overpriced players on this Vegas roster that just won a Stanley Cup. Is this something that some of the teams who right now have cap space, who kind of have a fresh start, is this something that they should look at as far as a model? Well, that's the great question, and you have to wonder how it will be. The one detraction that you'll hear people talk about all the time is, well, you know, they, they traded away players that they picked in the first round. They've gambled, and you know, some of those ga- and most of those gambles, Jack Eichel as an example, have paid off, right? Um, they went ahead and played the Kucherov game last year when they got Eichel and you know and buried Stone on LTIR until the playoffs. They played within the rules. To me, the, you're right. The, you 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 still in the cap era cannot be so top heavy like Toronto is with three or four players taking up forty percent of your cap. You you just you don't get the the good enough players on the lower end of your roster. You know the the Vegas Golden Knights in many ways were built a lot like the St. Louis Blues. In my opinion, a lot like the Washington Capitals. You know, in that run in there. So, uh, to me, it's the aggressiveness. The detractors are going to say, yeah, but, you, you know, you don't have anything coming in the pipeline. Eventually, you're going to have to pay the piper. Well, it's been six years of some pretty damn exciting hockey, and now two trips to a Stanley Cup final and a Stanley Cup championship, that if at some point you do have to pay the piper, you're willing to pay it. And any franchise, whether you're original six or you're an expansion franchise, can't argue with that logic. So that's why I do think you're you're right in a lot of ways, Jamie, that the, you know, I think teams need to study how the Vegas Golden Knights have approached this and and determine if there's a a better way to be doing business. Curbs, one of the guys uh, who won the Stanley Cup the other night, uh, one of two that were here with the Blues, Ivan Barbashev being one of them, but Alex Petrangelo uh, being the other. You know, Petro had a tough year at times this year on on ice he had a great year but off the ice we know that you know his daughter had some medical conditions that happened where she had to learn how to walk and talk again he took a 10 game leave of leave of absence from the team and honestly was talking about maybe having to retire in order to help support his family and, and be there for his kids and whatnot so when you look at that road for a guy like Alex Petrangelo, who we know so well, and then you see him, you know, hoisting the cup the other night, it's got to be. I mean, it's a pretty good, it's a feel-good story, isn't it? Well, I think it validates what was a difficult decision for him to move. Uh, obviously, the personal side came first and foremost this year for him. So, yeah, it was a very difficult year, but he, he was he was well supported. And he was well-supported in that process, by the way, with local doctors here in St. Louis and relationships that he made when he was here that helped him get through that. And, and I think that that's, that that's important. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I'm one of those guys. I don't, I don't wish former Blues or guys that, that played here and gave everything they had to, to the franchise, I don't wish them ill will anywhere. I believe that an athlete, after not having a choice of what they can do with their lives for the better part of 10 years or more, when they get that chance, I think they've earned it and they deserve it. I, I was perfectly fine with Vladimir Tarasenko requesting a trade. I think it's something, I mean, uh, I'm okay, and I understand the personal side of it with that. So I, I think it was it was great for Alex and his family. It validates the, the challenges and, and some of the angst they went through in making the decision. I love the fact that, you know, Barbashev got traded. Doug Armstrong had so much respect for Ivan Barbashev that he went to him about a month before he was traded and said, look, I'm, I'm going to be trading you. Uh, of all the players that the Blues had available, the one that was really garnering almost the most interest at times was Ivan Barbashev. 
And and he said, but I'm going to, uh, he goes, I, I love the way you play. I, I love you as a person. I'm, I'm going to make sure that I do right by you and send you to a team that's got a chance to win. And and that's a monster respect, uh, I think, that, uh, you know, that reverberates throughout the entire NHL when players hear how Army took care of him and, and did that. And then and then he wins the Stanley Cup and, and he's he's going to get paid. And I, and I love the fact for him. If there's anything for me, Jamie, though, and, and you know, if I'm being just very so open and honest as, as I always am with things like, you know, to, to read Pierre Lebrun's article in The Athletic and to hear him refer to a bitter breakup between Petrangelo and, and Army and the Blues, I'm like, hey, you know what? Save it. Like, you made the choice. You, you were offered enough money to stay. Yeah, you wanted a no-movement clause, and maybe the, the negotiations didn't go as well as you are, but that, that's the part of business. You know, but, but you were offered good enough money to stay uh, that if you wanted to and stuff, you could have, and, and you would have been fine. I, I don't want to hear stuff down the road about bitterness and all that stuff when – it was a decision that he made. Um, you know, you, you can't always have everything that you want there. And, and and I've talked to several players that have said, look, there was enough on the table to stay and be and be good. And and, and you know, and and maybe even at times more than Vegas. I haven't confirmed that, but the, the reality of it is, is you make that decision, you go with it. And and he did. And and now it's worked out really well for him. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. And I also, I don't know. I guess I don't know how you feel about it, but. It, it validates what the Blues do because those players came through the Blues system and it shows that the Blues can develop champions. And I, and I think that that's, that's long-term health for the Blues too. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, I'm happy for both of those guys. As far as the contract thing goes, listen, nobody knows what went on in that room except for the two parties that are concerned. And I, I would never tell Army how he needs to run his team, how he needs to give out contracts. We can make suggestions, but he makes the ultimate choice at the end and for Alex Petrangelo certainly not going to sit here and tell a guy like you just described that has earned the right to pick and choose what he wants in a contract I'm not going to tell that guy what he should and should not take I am happy for both of those guys I watched them lift the Stanley Cup the other night and I can't erase friendships that were made uh, and just because of bitterness like you said Curb so yeah it's always nice to see guys that came up through the system drafted developed uh, maturing within this club, both winning a cup here, and now they get to continue to do so. At least they're going to have a nice big old parade in Vegas, which, by the way, Curbs, what do you think of the Vegas Golden Knights having the parade at night down the Strip? Well, I think it, it, it seems fitting, doesn't it? <laughs> it's pretty I mean, awesome. It absolutely fitting. Just just do it that way. But also, here, here's, here's the two things uh, that that I'll, I'll wrap up that topic with. I, I agree with you on, on everything you said, and you know, and a guy like Alex, at some point in time, he's still going to be part of the St. Louis community in some way, shape, or form with his wife, you know, Jeannie being from here and having so many ties. And he still has a place here, right? And they come back here in the summer. Yeah, and you don't begrudge somebody that gave you everything they, that they had for 10, 12 years and, 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 and then decided to, to make a move for different reasons. I mean, if you think about athletes, and, and I think fans forget this sometimes, but there's only so many – like, if – if somebody wanted to say, hey, look, I'm going to start a new career, I'm or I want to change jobs, or I want to go, I'm in the automotive business, and I want to go work in, in San Jose instead of St. Louis and do that, or I'm an accountant, or and I want to go work in this city. Like, you have options. You don't have that when you're an athlete. So I'm all for athletes being able to make those decisions for themselves at those times. So 
I hope they have a great parade. I hope they have some fun. They've earned it. I'm happy for both of them. And I'm going to make sure that uh, uh, Ivan Barbashev knows when the car that he's on is about to move so he doesn't get dumped off the back. <laughs> Good call on that. That's right. Curbs, before we let you go, what would you think of the, the announcements yesterday by the Blues and the, their, new, their two additions to the coaching staff? Yeah, they took their time with it, didn't they? And, uh, and, and they did some research. And, you know, I was thinking back to when uh, Mike Yo was here. Uh, well, I'll go back to, to Andy Murray real quick. And, you know, Andy Murray was the guy that brought in his, his own guy in, in Ray Bennett, right? And then when Andy Murray gave way, and then there's Mike Yo. And then from Mike Yo, it's to Ken Hitchcock. Ken Hitchcock had the same assistant coaches that Andy Murray had. You know, and, and a guy like Ray Bennett was here for 10 years. His kids grew up here and, you know, still lived here when he, when he moved to take on in, in Colorado, right? Then you look at, you know, when eventually you have the big coaching changes, okay, and, um, and, and um, I'm sorry, I said Mike Yo, I meant Davis Payne. Davis Payne to, to Ken Hitchcock. But then Mike Yo, you know, takes over, and you've got Mike Van Ryan here, and you've got Steve Ott. Well, what happens? You know, Craig Berube takes over. We haven't had coaches for, for four or five coaches that have said, hey, I want to go get my own assistants and bring them in. They've worked with what they've had. It's been really quite a, a tremendous story. So the fact that, uh, that, that Doug Armstrong gave Craig Berube, and I know you guys talked to him yesterday, you know, all the room to really do the search and, and find somebody that he wanted, I think speaks another level of volumes in terms of how, you know, Doug trusts Craig and, and the leadership of this hockey team. So they've got a couple of younger coaches coming in. One guy is fairly recently played, has been coaching in the American Hockey League. Craig talked about the fact that he's worked with younger players, and that's going to be key coming in. So I, I, I like it. We'll see how it all shapes out. But I love the fact that they, they really gave the onus uh, to Craig Berube to find his guys. Carbs, good stuff. Enjoy the rest of your week, your weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Have an awesome week. Cheers. Thanks. That's Chris Kerber here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN.